0: Welcome, travelers. We We're are aware that your journey, journey was difficult, but prepare, prepare to have your questions, questions answered, for
1: you have been one granted one an audience with the Masters of Modern. Of Modern. <laughs> and welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? We're back from Comic-Con. We survive. We're here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, was, you, it was a blast.
1: I feel like you just looked at the shorts and hat that I'm wearing, and I feel like you just thought for a second about pointing out that I'm not in a suit and decided not to. No. that oh, no? That you, wow, you're really self-conscious about that. No, no. Just, I'm, I'm my, just lying, guys. I'm not wearing a shorts and a hat. I just made that up. No,
0: he's, he's totally in shorts and a hat. He's not in a suit. Uh, that's, that's a weird thing. I don't, we're, we're, but Comic-Con, back to that. Back to <laughs> uh, so it was a blast. Uh, we're going to go over it a little bit this episode. Um, and we'll go over some metagame stuff. Uh, and we're going to go over the SEG event uh, this last weekend. And so, yeah. But uh, first, let's get some shout-outs out of the way. Let's do this quickly. Uh, I am at Kess Wiley on Twitter.
1: I'm at Ben Bateman Media. The podcast is at the MMCast. And right off the bat, guys, just because we really want to do the episode next week one more time. We're delaying it one week because Comic-Con happened. Go to our Patreon, patreon patreon.com. Donate a dollar, please, because it would be amazing if you did. It's how we stay alive and buy mics and do all the things we do. And submit a deck tech for uh, a deck using a card from Hour of Devastation. We're gonna do next week's episode. Or with since we didn't do all either,
0: either, either, either a deck.
1: Yeah, anything that's like a, using cards that have come you have out. Like a
0: sweet claim to fame deck, yeah, sweet solemnity deck. Yep,
1: like something. We'll do it. Uh, submit that and do it on Patreon. And if you submit $1 as your donation, you will have the opportunity to have your deck submitted and teched on the air. We're going to do it next week. So uh, do that, please. And otherwise, check out our sister podcast, The, uh, the Command Zone on Collected.company and Game Nights. Also, uh, their YouTube channel is blowing up these days. Yeah, so. they, they have
0: a new episode coming out very soon. Josh spent the entire weekend not comic con but editing, and he like apparently all he did was work out, eat, And sleep and edit for 72 hours. Sweet. Which sounds like
1: jacked with a sweet video.
0: Yeah. And from all the working out he's been doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh,
0: (laughs) 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 Um, uh, Beyond that, uh, oh, the last thing is we have a Facebook group. Uh, We're actually, we just hit 500 plus members. So that's crazy because we launched it like a month. Yeah. Three weeks ago. And um, compared to the Facebook page, which is if you look for the Facebook group, make sure it's a group, not a page. uh, The page. Took us like a year, maybe two years to get to 600. (laughs) And we're like, never used it. Well, it just doesn't. Like a group is a place to kind of, the, to explain what the difference between a group and a page is, a page is a face word for piece for like a company. So it's used to kind of advertise to people and it's not really created in a way that allows communities to kind of interact versus a group, which is built to kind of be more of a forum section so that we can interact with you guys and you guys can interact with each other. Post cool deck list ideas you have and kind of just do all the things you'd ever wanted to do in a magic community, um, but on Facebook cool and so check that out it's awesome but that that's the second best way if not the best way to interact with us after twitter um and any other shout something I can't remember anything I think yeah, the just only the other thing
1: is check out 10 uh, Minutes of oh, Magic yeah. on Anchor anchor.fm it's an app you can download it's like Twitter meets podcasting it's awesome I have a station I do daily content and Alex and I are now doing one full day of Masters of Modern modern exclusive content so if you want a second place to find our stuff
0: it's vaguely against my will Ben holds me down <laughs> puts a phone in front of my face and says talk and then
1: yeah that's exactly what happens, yeah. and it's great content. Yeah. So it's not complaining. Uh, <laughs> I'll yeah. be screaming for help, but it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, if you guys want to find a second place to get Masters of Modern content with Alex and I together, that's the place to do Many-sodes. it. Many um, sodes. It'll be somewhere between Monday and Wednesday every single week. Uh, probably will go up today, I'm assuming. But you probably won't hear this till tomorrow, which means you'll get that content yesterday. Like time travel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, guys, that's the deal. Let's get into our Comic Con experience. All right, so.
0: The, the first thing I want to talk about is the magic exclusives, because I think this is something, A, Wizards wasn't, um, didn't kind of announce exactly this fact, uh, and it was maybe the most excited I was opening the box. Maybe that was on purpose, but also I think they could have advertised this. Uh, the back of that Nickel Bolas poster is an uncut mag- magic sheet. Like really, it's a Mandu poster that they printed on a magic uncut sheet, so it's all magic cards on the back. Like it's like if you like turn it around, it's a bunch of it's an uncut sheet, and then it just blank on the one side, so they printed the posters on the other side, which makes it way more legit. I thought it was just like a poster.
1: I didn't see the back. What's the, uh, what's on the uncut sheet? Like it's like, ma- it's it's no, uh, I realized it's magic card, it's just the but back what of cards. Magic. The back. Oh, it's a magic oh, back. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Got it, got it.
0: That's cool. Um, so like, that's more. That was more significant. Like they're. If, if this poster just becomes like – or someone has multiples, I would hope that they would get – because there's professional cutters that you can find. Like if you buy a cut sheet, you can get someone to cut them if you want those cards, which is generally avoided, but you can find a person to do that someone should cut this poster and make, like, cool tokens out of them and, like, play with them. Sick. That would be sweet. Yeah. Um, if you have multiples. If you only have one, don't do that because it's really sick and I've need to. i already got it in a frame on my wall. Uh, my future office will have it with uh, my other Mondo posters, and it'll be sweet. <laughs> um, but uh, really cool, really gorgeous. Like, the, the Internet doesn't do this poster service. It's, like, got this cool gold and silver inlay into it. It looks really sweet. And then the promos are way better looking in person than online. I did um, see
1: them. I did see them in person, and they are quite, quite. Pr- there's like the
0: the 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 printing on this is not the normal foil printing, and it's not the from the vault printing. It's like a third version that seems like just very clean, and the artwork on them is really pretty. Uh, the the I still don't love the Nicol Bolus art. Like I actually wish the poster art was the promo card art, right? Because um, that would be a much cooler looking kind of feel to it, but. All the other ones, the cool, like, Egyptian hieroglyphic thing. Right. Uh, already threw in uh, the Chandra into Junt, um, though you've stolen all my Tarmagoyfs, and yes. uh, already threw the Gideon <laughs> into Esper, so I'll be
1: swinging some sweet promos in the next tournament. The Gideon is really making quite the impact in Modern, I have to say. It's more so, like, not... More so than Chandra. It's, yeah. Yeah, easy. I- and I, wanna, I don't want to go as far as to say more so than I was expecting, because you and I both acknowledged how good that card seemed like it could be, but, like... It was one of those things where, like, we say that a lot of the time. Like, this card could make an impact in modern, but sure. like, that usually means is like the one of sideboard card that shows up three months down the line in someone's like SCG deck. Not like every person I talk to has this as a three of in some sweet Mardu brew they came up with.
0: Well, I mean, I think this is probably the most successful Planeswalker in modern since Jace. I can't think of another yeah. contender like Liliana. Uh, uh, the one that was in the l- the last Liliana printed. Not the last one, but the... um, You're talking about... Eldritchman the, Liliana. Of the Last Hope. Of uh, the Last it. Hope. Uh, She has seen a lot of one-of play to two-of. Like, she's seen a lot of play, but I, it's never really in, like, high, high multiples. She's the only other contender, I, I think. love that card. That yeah, li- cards that card's really good. That
1: Liliana's, like, probably one of my plans, uh, favorite cards printed in quite a while.
0: But, like, in the last year, we've had three... In the, like, the total of the last year, three of the the five Planeswalkers they printed has seen decent modern play. We've had yeah. Gideon, Chandra, and Liliana all really seeing play. Um, Nissa and Jace, I don't think Jace needs another modern playable card, I guess. Something that was interesting that I realized is that Liliana has this weird side, or bl- black Planeswalkers in general have a cool little side negative to them. It's like a weakness to black that isn't really established very often because there's only really two monocolor black Planeswalkers.
1: Yeah, who's the second? Omnixless. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and there's, yeah, so like, but it means that you can't really have multiple black Planeswalkers in play at the same time, which I think is really flavorful. Yeah. It's like the fact that Liliana is so like pretty much one. the only black Planeswalker. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Means yeah. that like they make it so like black has a weakness. It's just like, it's not going to be able to go wide on planeswalkers versus other decks. I mean, there are other black planeswalkers, but the two major ones, like Liliana is really the only black one. They keep printing. Yeah. Um, it's true. Mono black. And there's, cause there's a bunch of right. Black green, black red. Speaking black of black blue, planeswalkers and black white,
1: not mono black, but
0: cause Sorin's not even black anymore. He's black, white. No. Um, He's, I love He's that locked in stone somewhere.
1: I've seen people now like multiple times at like little Modern Local events playing Ashiok in Modern. Okay. I like see it pop up and I have to say it's consistent with our theory, which is that from the beginning we've just been saying like if it costs three and it says Planeswalker, it's probably pretty good. Yeah. It's probably like better than you think. You know, there's probably a way to make that card competitive because like... It's still such a small, 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 small number of cards that have ever been printed, which also ultimately means there are such a small, small number of things that effectively deal with Planeswalkers that, like, you can set your deck up in such a way always to take advantage of hitting that three-drop Planeswalker in a way that's going to get you a lot of advantage. And, right. Yeah, I just I love three-drop Planeswalkers. Anyway.
0: So, so... Beyond beyond the, the Comic Con exclusives, uh, uh, before we get into some of the announcements Wizards made, um, which is less modern focused because it was really focused on the Commander product and Unstable. Um, but uh, the um, I also got to play like I, I like did a I'm going to collect every playable promo from every collectible card game at Comic Con. So uh, Star Wars Destiny, which is a game I'm playing a lot recently, had um, a Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker promo, um, and so the the ways you don't know. Uh, the company, Fantasy Flight, released their first trading card game. So Fantasy Flight is a company that does the X-Wing miniature game. And they what they do a lot of the time is they buy old Wizards trading card games that they're not making anymore, the rights to them, and print them as living card games. Uh, which is like you buy the entire game at once in a box instead of having to collect them. Um this year or th- last year they launched a Star Wars trading card game that's actually done really successful, um, but and it uses dice. But this year the promo was of Darth Vader and Luke, which are cards in the game, but it uses the um, the original concept art for Luke and Darth Vader. That one where Luke has like the crazy Star Lord mask and Darth Vader's like face is really elongated. Uh, the what artist died recently. It's from the like the pitch book that George Lucas used to get oh, Star Wars made. Interesting. Um, so the actual artwork on the cards is like a sweet classic throwback. Cool. Um, and then the other one was we we uh, me and Craig Blanchett, who's on game nights in the command zone a lot, um, and I think has been on the podcast. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, he and me learned the Final Fantasy um, trading card game that came out. Okay. And it's like kind of a Magic knockoff. The main difference is that your life total is seven, and and creatures. Power and toughness matter to each other, but Got only it. to you. It's just a, a one life if they hit you. Uh, you attack with each creature individually. But then when you take damage, instead of taking damage, you mill the top card into your damage pool. Huh. And so when you have seven cards in your damage pool, you lose. But a lot of cards have an ability that if they get flipped or they enter the battlefield, both times it triggers. Hmm. So like it's like a... What's a, um, a good ETB effect? If Thragtusk... Either when it enters the battlefield you gain five life, or if they mill it when you take damage, you would gain five life. Either ah, way. Interesting. Um, so that's that was like the one cool thing about it. Uh beyond that, we like <laughs> we like try talking them into letting us just get the promos and like, no, you have to play. And so like but they're like, We're busy, so we came back and then while we were playing, and you'd normally only get one, um, like uh a cosplayer that was cosplaying magic, and then her friend, like met up with us and like yeah. recognized us and me from the podcast. Cause we met up on Twitter. Um, and v- because they recognized us, the, f- the final fantasy card game demoers like, well, they're like magic people and started asking us how they could explain the game that we just learned from them to people better. <laughs> <laughs> and they gave us a bunch of free cards. It was really fun. I mean, like it was cool. Cause I love final fantasy and playing magic the gathering with Vivi right. and Zidane and characters I like, but it's basically just magic.
1: Uh, speaking of which, actually, uh, meeting people who the podcast and all that, I like was walking with a camera kit to try to get to an off site interview site to interview Casper uh, Van Deen, who's Johnny Rico from Starship Troopers, sure. and Ed Newmyer, who wrote Starship Troopers and Robocop, um, and like ran into a Masters of Modern listener. Nice. Uh, and he was like, Hey, Masters of Modern. I was like, What's up, man? But also, it happened to be walking down the boardwalk, like, which, you know, the IMDb boat there connected like to the site and every time they would have a new cast coming across the walkway to get to the boat they would close it off like the freaking Beatles Uh and I was like it was like blazing hot and I was rushing and I was going to be right my interview and I was like trying to get around this barricade like no no I'm not a fan of I am a fan of Riverdale, but like I need to get through here. I need to get through here. And this guy was like, "Hey, Masters of Modern, what's up?" And I was like, so rushed, and I was like, "Hey, man, good to see you. Thanks for saying something." I need to go right now. <laughs> so if, I, if you're listening, I apologize if I was rude. Uh, I really appreciate you int- introducing yourself. Um, anyway, so yeah, Comic Con. So yeah, I mean, we met cosplayers. There's a lot of cool
0: stuff going on. Um. And anything beyond the promos? Okay, now under what wizard announced? First off, we now know what the five tri- or four tribes of, or actually, we kind of know of the commander set. So we we know one of them is vampires, and then the main guy is is Soren's dad. Okay, and he's like this red and white arted guy. Um, and then the other one, it looks like it's clerics, spirits, or humans, black, white. Um, clerics would be my guess, though it's kind of weird because tribe is normally not class. Sure. Uh, the other thing is we know what the tribes are or the main factions of Ungludar, and we know that Steamflogger Boss is being reprinted.
1: Believe it or not, I read all of this information. Yeah. I actually paid attention, and I, I took in all of the un... un. Okay. What's it called? Un...
0: So, un, unstable. Unstable, yep. right?
1: Yeah, I read all of them. I'm trying to remember like offhand if I can remember what they all were, but like... So, blue-white. Uh, Don't remember. Order
0: of the Widge. It's like a... a a goofy guy with a beard and a, on a robot. Yeah, is
1: the blueback agents of sneak.
0: Uh, yes, yes, which I called dibs online already. So okay. all the other people trying to be agents of sneak. Green white is dibs. like
1: what was green white like mutant like mutant uh... crossbreed labs. Yeah, so, so it's like a labs. the
0: picture is like a monkey spider. Yep, or a spider monkey. Yep. Oh, I get it. I'm assuming they're all puns. Yep. Uh, goblin explosion years is red green. It's got a goblin with three heads. Yep. And League of Dastardly Doom is the Black Red tribe.
1: Sick. Unstable. Exciting. Are you going to play a lot of Unstable?
0: I'll play it once. You know, the, the original reason I quit Magic back when I was a kid was because Unglued came out, and yep. I was just, like, not down at all. <laughs> yep. So I'm not sure. Cool. I'm not sure how how excited I am for Unstable. Um, someone made a good point that what I'm like, – what the conspiracy sets did were a much better kind of version of what this is trying to do, and the humor is a little bit better at existing. Like, because garbage fire exists in conspiracy, and that's like right. a silly card that they would never print regularly and is like totally a colloquialism, but is funny in conspiracy. So, yeah, I mean, that, that that's kind of what they announced at the Comic-Con event. It was a little bit more on kind of the social aspect, which didn't really affect us that much. But the one thing that did really, really, really affect us is that there are almost – there's one and a half Modern Pro Tours next year.
1: Yeah, there's a Modern Pro Tour again, guys. Now. Yeah. We, Alex and I did a, like a, like a, the little 10-minute mini-episodes we were talking about. Right. We actually did one of these last week, the day they announced the news. So uh, if you heard that on Anchor, you got to hear us with our first thoughts on the Pro Tour. But if you didn't, this is your first time hearing us talk about it, which is really, really, really exciting. Like, yeah. On uh, so many levels, this is exciting.
0: It's interesting because there's there's kind of two, two reactions to it. The first one is, oh, God, we're going to have the format destroyed because of this because there are negatives to the pro tour on modern and we'll kind of go over some of those but there's the other half is like yay it's a focus again and i I think it's it's kind of there's a two-part reason it happened one i think when they originally got rid of it they did it with the intent of having the hyper rotation of standard making standard almost consistently fresh but because they're now back to the classic rotation schedule of one rotation a year it means that uh consistently only standard magic pro tour will not be as exciting
1: yes and also something i something i've noticed and, and this is maybe this is just be theory crafting here yep. but i feel like what they said was okay you know we've gotten modern to this place that we like and we don't love the diversity banning stuff and it's not helping us sell new products so let's uh let's kill it and really focus on the marketing budget being towards selling standard standards always worked. standard will, standard will keep working well Unfortunately, the course of the last year for Standard has been kind of a mixed bag. There's, there's been some interest. There's definitely been some disappointment. And Modern, even though it's not a Pro Tour format, has continued to stay healthy and exciting. And there's so totally. much love for it. And I always... I, I mean, like, yes, buying packs versus buying singles
0: is not what Modern's trying to sell necessarily. But if you look at every Modern Pro Tour of the last few...
1: They've been dominated by strategies that come from the new yeah. sets. Look at Eldrazi. Like
0: Eldrazi dominated. Delve plus prowess dominated the Pro Tour before that. You, like it, almost every single one of these is affected by Standard. Like Standard Prince cards in the Modern, it's a thing that affects it. So, yep. like even if you look at the last year between all of the Delirium effects on on Modern plus. Uh, all of the additional artifact cards that got added to strategies, which one of, one of the reasons I think Affinity is so much more powerful right now, and we'll get into that later, is it just got a lot of tools. Um, it, you know, if you look at Amaket's effect, like Amaket is even affecting the stuff with Gideon, which we already mentioned. So, like, yeah, the effects modern, surprising no one. <laughs> yeah, um, and. Beyond that, you know, there there was a tweet by Aaron Forth, and we linked to it on our Twitter, that he stated there will not be diversity bans. Right. We will not ban cards for diversity reasons. We're going to ban it at the same policy we have now. So they never really left the January ban cycle. Like, the only time they banned cards out of January to this point was Zeldrazi Winter's emergency ban, and that was still just an emergency ban. Totally. Um, so, you know, Gitaxian Probe got banned last January. So we're if there needs to be cards banned out of Modern, it's gonna happen then anyways, yep. regardless of the Pro Tour. Um and I think they're gonna be less willing to just do it for funsies. I think they're they're not gonna do it to shake it up. They'll do it if it's needed. And it may be needed. Um and we're gonna f- find out what that entails.
1: Yeah, to finish the thought that I was having, I guess my my point was like, I think they're pretty smart at Wizards and I think they're looking at all the data from across the world and they're saying wow, there is this incredible commitment to this format that we took a pro tour away from people, yet it did not deter them from continuing to evolve it and make it interesting and, and play it at a high level and love it. And like a lot of the best players in the world do love it. A lot of them hate it, but a lot of them love it. And I think they just looked at that and they were like, you know what, we're going to take this community and we're going to say, guys, you stuck with it even after we took the pro tour. We're going to give it back to you because we know at the highest level, this is something you want to see. It keeps it exciting for you.
0: Beyond that, I think there there was a little bit of a... There's a little bit of a short-sightedness to the pro tour not being standard. Does not set packs today, or sell packs today, right? Because modern has, a, a, and you know, I could be corrected by the internet, but I, I'm pretty sure that modern has better viewership on average for their GPS and when there were pro tours than standard versions of the same.
1: I believe that um,
0: is correct, excluding maybe the standard pro tours during, right after rotation. Right, Those are different because the entire world is different. But in general, Modern has higher viewership. And the new CEO is taking a more digitally focused approach to, to Magic. If you look at games like Hearthstone or or any other of the digital card games or regular card games, they have a, a much larger focus on, on digital streaming. And that, as an advertisement in itself, is helpful to people to play Magic. And the nice thing about Modern is from a – and I've said this for a long time – Standard, you just need to know the new cards, but if you're a new player or you're a relapsed player coming back to Magic, Modern is a better place to jump into, viewership-wise, because you're like, oh, I recognize Bob, or I recognize Tarmogoyf, right. uh, versus if you come into Standard A, I, person who reads every spoiler every day and assumes are assessed with the newest set, couldn't recognize probably Standard Staples from the most, like, I couldn't tell you what the, like, what some random cards are doing well. I from was afar. reading
1: the standard breakdown of the weekend this, last night, and I was like, huh. So these are the cards, huh? Like, I was the like... Catcher's what?
0: Monument is apparently a thing.
1: Yeah, I was, like, seeing... I was, oh, okay, you know, Mono Red won the Invitational Standard. I was like, that's interesting. Like, I guess, Or not the Invitational, the Classic. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, I, I know some of these cards. I was like, oh, look, at this. there's an Escalate card in there that's not Collective Brutality. The Collective Defiance was right. a card.
0: It's easier to be a lazy Magic Watcher with Modern than it is with um, Standard, just because you don't have... It's not rotating. And Magic is already so hard to watch that I think... That's a huge benefit and why it does so well. People right. are excited to see what Modern is doing. Totally. Um, now, I don't want every. Pro, I think one Pro Tour a year is fine. Uh, now, in regards to the solving of the format versus the bannings of the format, I think in general, pros are going to try and solve the format, but you're gonna have the Corey Burkharts that just show up or the Lee CTNs who are playing have played Blue Moon in every single Pro Tour they've been in a modern Pro Tour. So like I, I, I we talked about this before that I think the most exciting version of the Modern Pro Tour is one without big shakeups because then people play a deck they're best at instead of trying to break it. And they become known for playing a strategy, which right? Is a like, good thing. like Corey Burkhart being Grixis all the time on board period is super exciting in modern, and people yeah. love it. People you, love that they're like, "Oh, that's the that's that's, that's what the he Grixis does. guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or and, like,
1: "Oh, he always plays Mono Red." That's the right. thing he does. Or
0: like the fact that um, uh, not Kai Booty uh, Finkel? Finkel plays Storm in every event he possibly can. Right. Or that Brian Kibler plays Naya in every event he possibly can. Like these are. The, the, it's it's cool that decks and strategies are associated with players, and Modern allows that to be kind of brought out to the extreme.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I totally agree. Uh, let's now let's talk about the fact that there's a million dollar Pro Tour this year.
0: Yeah, the twenty next year.
1: <laughs> yes, next year. The twenty within the next
0: three hundred and sixty five. no nah, within the next three hundred four hundred days.
1: It's going to be a team Pro <laughs> Tour, and it's going to be, I believe, in Milwaukee. No, not not Milwaukee. It's uh in.
0: I'm surprised it's not in Seattle, actually, but that's just.
1: Yeah, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, there's an exhibition event happening at the same time as a team pro tour, and the prize purse for the two events combined is a million dollars. Which, like, don't do the thing like Alex did when I first said this to him because there's like, three, players, so like, oh, it's three, three, three players, so it's divided by three. It's not, like, that much. not that big of a deal. I was like, uh, the normal prize purse for an event at pro tour is 250k. This is four times the money. Four yeah, but times, there's a, there's the money.
0: like, so like we there's the side event. and three more players and and, and two more players so that's four so you're telling me that
1: if they were like we're running four pro tours simultaneously in the same weekend with four different prize purses you wouldn't be like that's insane Oh, no. I, 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 uh, no. <laughs> there's a million dollars of prize there's money a, at a magic There's event. a difference
0: between me saying that I don't think this is insane <laughs> and me saying that it's a logical why that that purse was increased and it's exciting but not something that's surprising. Yes. Uh, it, it is insane that we're getting a team event pro tour. Period.
1: Yeah, and also on top of that, you mentioned Magic going towards that digital stuff and that they're clearly paying attention. Well, in my in my humble opinion, this is yet another example of them paying attention. It's like the big esports put a lot of money in their prize purses. Right. That's what they do. They respect their players, they respect their player base, and they encourage their players by saying, you can you can get a huge payout. If you do really well at this, you can make a lot of money. It's worth your time. Totally. And when you increase from 250 to a million for an event, it's sending the message, this is what we're doing now. This is the future. The future is commit to this game, and it's exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting. I mean, if we look at, th- this is also
0: off the tail off of like every single team event that's happened over the last year, because they keep increasing how many they're having, has been extremely
1: successful for them. What, are there them. 16 team Grand Prix's this next year?
0: Is that what I read? 16?
1: I believe there's 16 really? team Grand Prix's this next year. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, right? I didn't read that. Ooh, look at this. Chris Costa asking to join the group. I'll approve you. Welcome to the group, Chris Costa.
0: Yeah, see, if you join the Facebook group, you can get added while we're recording. Um yeah, so that's 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 insane. I, I think like next year is going to be a blast.
1: Yeah, it should be a really exciting year for MTG.
0: Um anything else on the monopro Pro Tour before we get into a little bit of metagame stuff?
1: No, I don't think so. Um you know, just it's just nice to have it back. I don't know. We had talked about this. We were just saying a couple weeks ago how much we missed it. It's like it's just exciting to know that where there's gonna be a time of year where we get to see like the best, the best of the best, playing at the highest level, like trying to game plan. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, it's just exciting. I don't know. I love it. I love modern. It's it is my favorite format. Yes, I. You can whistle the Karate Kid song. Congratulations, Karate Kid.
0: What? That song. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: what it is. Yeah. Oh, keep going. You were looking at me like I was wrong. No. You know I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a great song. I love the Karate Kid. Yeah, I love the. the Actually,
0: a family friend is the bad guy from that movie. Really? Yeah the uh, the the evil sensei. No way. Yeah, yeah. Sweep the leg. Yeah. Wow. Him and my stepdad were like really good friends. Uh, It's one of my favorite things. Uncle Marty.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. It's. uh, I can't think what that actor's name is. Marty. But what's his last name?
0: Oh, uh, I always call him Uncle Marty since I was a child. So I don't actually know if I know that
1: yeah <laughs> um i i love yelling sweep the leg it's one of my favorite pop culture quotes like uh, anytime i'm watching like the movie trivia showdown be filmed or anything like that and you're trying to like trash talk and hype people up i love yelling sweep the leg yeah. it's one of the greatest yeah, um the so, so yes it's exciting it's nice to have it back it's gonna be great i i think that this next modern pro tour you know you and i haven't actually traveled to the modern pro tour yet you neither of you or I have done that. We've not just gone to I be think, there.
0: If I am in town, maybe.
1: I know three of the. I know uh, three. Cove, of, Cove, Bart. Murray Cove. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I know that three of the four Pro Tours next year are U.S. Pro Tours. Do you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, there's clear and, and there's. You a, know where everything is. Yeah, there's a clear focus. It seems going forward that the events, uh, Pro Tours and Grand Prix, are going to be serving the U.S. Uh, more than the international audience, which is just a little bit of like. That's the largest player base, so that's what they're going to do, and it's cool to fly around. But I do.
0: It's also, I feel like the U.S. is an easy to travel to location.
1: Well, also, though, so if you think about this, by making multiple pro tours a year in the U.S. as opposed to international, when so much of the player base, especially at the highest level, are U.S. players, the amount of money they have to spend on plane tickets is so much lower that sure. they can probably in- use that money to increase the prize purse.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, like that. But there are a lot of Asian players. Like there, there are a lot of players from around the world. I mean, I, I think. Some years it'll be like this, but I don't, and I think this is also because of the twenty-fifth anniversary of Pro Tour being here. But like normally, my guess is it'll still kind of, on average, be one in Europe, one in Asia, one two in the United States, and that's kind of what it always has been. And like, yes, this year it's not that, but I my don't know about assumption that. is it'll go back to that.
1: I don't know about that because channel it's the same reason like channel is running U.S. Grand Prix, which is why there are so many more U.S. Grand Prix as opposed to the international ones this next year. I think it's I think it's unintentional, and I I don't think. I don't think what I just said about the prize purse is lost on them. I think they probably had a meeting and somebody was probably like, well, if you look at it, and 72% of the players are US players that are going to these other countries and we're spending all this money to fly people over the place over three events, if you cut that down so that you can save, oh, I don't know, like 90 grand or 120 grand per event because you're not sending as many players internationally, we can put that 350K into event prize money. And if we can increase by 350000 over multiple events...
0: Well, but you don't think a significant amount of the player base that plays to be at the Pro Tour, the actual chance to go to a tropical or cool or foreign location is really the motivation
1: for them? I think it's exciting, but I think also, as Seth Manfield said in his TCG Player article that I'm stealing all my information from... Uh, that a lot of the time the pros that go to these international locations don't get to experience the site at all because they're spending all their time beforehand prepping in a hotel room somewhere, and then the event happens, they go home. Sure. And, like, I get that. It's it's a high-level event. You know, you're supposed to be practicing eight hours a day in those days leading totally. up. So, um, I, I, I mean, all of the numbers I just used, guys, they're completely arbitrary, and I made all of them up on the spot. But, like, I'm just guessing that there is some amount of that that is related. I don't think yeah. it's lost on them. Okay
0: so that's fair um i think i think that's I, beyond that on the modern pro tour I, I i am fascinated to see if there are bannings beforehand i mean that that's kind of what we're going to get into a little bit next before we finish off the episode um well i guess we'll do tcg player uh uh kind Of standings and what how, how that event went down this S- last weekend, you mean the SCG classic? S- did I say TCG? Yeah. I meant SCG, SCG too classic many, too many letters,
1: uh, in Atlanta. And it was a cool event. Uh, I did this a little bit on 10 Minutes of Magic, I broke the thing down last night. The winning deck, so Aff- little plug, <laughs> Affinity. Affinity won the event, yeah. Affinity was two of the t- oh, but only two in the top 16, first place and seventh place. Now. This is something that I think is very but cool. Two it, of the top eight. <laughs> yeah, yes, but I think it's important to note. It's great to see that only two of the top sixteen are Affinity, even though it won. Even though it won the event, it doesn't worry me. It just doesn't worry me. I, Affinity's been around as the same deck for years and years and years. If you want to beat Affinity, you can beat Affinity.
0: Since six seventeen, so between six seventeen and seven twenty three. Uh, and we'll we'll get into this uh, a little later because uh, we've we've got a nice little breakdown of the data of the top tables for each of the major events in that time. Affinity has more finishes than Grix's Death Shadow by double.
1: Right, totally. It's it's because the of level forty four
0: one... decks that have made the top tables. It has ten of the places. Yes. Yeah, so I, okay, twenty five percent of the format. The level
1: <laughs> one response, it, like to what's going on in the format is Grix's Shadow is the best deck. I'm going to play the best deck. The level two response is affinity is really, really good. I should play affinity because it's good again against Grixis Shadow. That's such a small sample size in terms of the amount of time that's happened. Well, but it's not just it's not a sample
0: size. You have to also take into account that this is the
1: top tables of each of those
0: tournaments. Yeah, so but, yes, it's a sample size, but it's 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 taking literally all of those tournaments. I'm and saying all the sample players and
1: those. size in a month. So it's just it's a month of data. Six seventeen to seven twenty three. Sure. So like what I'm trying to say is I, this rolls. This is how it goes. If Affinity's too good, people will adjust. They'll play different decks, and Infinity will get worse. That's how it is. It doesn't doesn't it doesn't mean that it's the best deck. It just means that maybe at the moment I mean like
0: we've also sitting in a world where Affinity just got through a second or it's like what fifth modern artifact themed set block and what did we get out of Kaladesh Spire, Um, look it up. I can look that up. Keep talking.
1: The Spire, the other land. I don't think. Does anybody play the Searchland? Search oh, no. I
0: don't think so.
1: I, I don't think there's a lot that came out of the new set, that, at least not that's coming to mind immediately. But point is, um, Affinity won the event. It was first place and seventh place. Second place? Uh, <laughs>
0: Expeditions. <No>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Second place, we did get uh, an interesting de- a deck, and a deck that is referred to currently as Tribal Zoo, um, but it's not what you would think, which is like, cat zoo or something it's a deck using domain cards they're calling it tribal zoo because of tribal flames it's playing multiple copies of tribal flames and multiple copies of might of alara the domain spells and uh basically a zoo deck that's playing like swift spears and nacoddles and stuff like that tarmac and then it's also playing Death shadow so it's kind of a hybridized zoo death shadow domain deck it's a cool deck it seems interesting it's playing more two drops in in its uh, tribal flames but it still plays a very very low land count so uh, that deck is definitely on my radar you know it's it's good it definitely plays a lot of very good cards how good it is how much it'll last I don't know I do find it a little surprising that it took this long to play tribal flames don't you It goes back
0: and forth, but yeah, definitely. I mean...
1: Like, this is a deck that was basically taking advantage of the domain strategy for quite a while.
0: Right. Well, I think part of it is, like, Blood Moon isn't as strong as it used to be. Yeah.
1: And so it's taking advantage of that, because, like,
0: Tribal Flames is actively bad against Blood Moon. Most things are actively bad against Blood Moon. Uh, The main thing it got was
1: Spire of Industry. Which is, like, fine. I mean, that card's good, but... No, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um... I mean, yes, it's part of the format. Like, even if you go to MTG Goldfish, like, Affinity is ten point thirty, you know, ten point thirty seven percent of the metagame. game Death Shadow is eight point eighty four percent. Like, you say like people will react to it, but it wanted it, it wanted GP and has won two of the four x. Ex- uh, um, sorry, gonna sneeze, not sneezing. Uh, one of two of the four SCG events. Yeah, since GP Vegas, like, it has a target on its face and has had for four weeks, and no one has reacted to it.
1: There's no doubt in my mind that Affinity is one of the best decks. Maybe the best deck. I it like it that's that's not
0: I mean it, it might be a it is it is currently in a position that the decks that exist that are also good are bad against Affinity because Affinity is a good Grace's death, ma- death shadow matchup, it has a good Titan Shift matchup, it has a good Eldrazi matchup, it has a good burn up matchup, it has a good blue white control matchup. It, matchup, it has a good storms matchup, it has a good Tron matchup.
1: Wait, I don't get this. Why when I looked at the data last night, the tribal zoo deck I was talking about got second place. <laughs> It's listed here in first place now. This is incorrect. This has to be incorrect. I checked the information last night. I don't know.
0: It might be. Might have changed. Are we wrong?
1: I mean... What event is it? This is the modern classic.
0: Yeah, no, Affinity one.
1: Yeah. Okay, it's just wrong. Um, so, yeah, aside from that, though... Unless, you have, like, the player got... You know, DQ'd post-fact. Yeah, you have Grixis Delver coming in in third place. Um... Trixis Delver. Just well, like like the first good. deck
0: going through this that like has a good affinity matchup really is Abzan. Yeah. And that's that's only two percent of the meta game.
1: No, no, you're talking about black green Midrange?
0: Or are you talking about Abzan, Black Green, midrange, mid-range decks?
1: Yeah, well, so the fourth place here... So I'm looking at this list. The fourth place I'm, is,
0: I'm looking at MTG Goldfish metagame.
1: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I'm just talking about these results. So the, yeah. the fourth place deck is that black-green deck, that straight-laced black-green deck sure. that we were talking about. Remember the one that's not playing any white, it's not playing any red. Uh, it plays the three ooze main deck. It's playing... If you look here, I think this is cool. So it's playing two copies of Mishra's Bobble. But it's not playing bobble as like a. It's not going like the full bobble. Like okay, I want to have this card to always have my opening hand. It's going one copy of traverse, and it's playing two collective brutality. It's playing the Lilianas and the Tarmogoyf, which just ultimately means you can cycle bobble on turn one, or you can discard it to those other things to make your delirium better, to make your goyf better. It's It's interesting because it doesn't play any grim flares.
0: Right. So it's it's really for the one traverse, and then the Tarmogoyf gets slightly bigger.
1: Yeah, totally, and like it's it's valuable to be able to discard it to a collective brutality to make your Tarmogoyfs bigger and to fuel sure. your traverse. I think it's interesting. It's like a very, it's just like a very very subtle uh, touch on the deck.
0: I don't know if I would ever. I don't know if I'd ever discard it to collective brutality. I think I would cycle it and always just see what the next option is.
1: Maybe, yeah, it just depends. It depends what it, like it, it's
0: it, obviously if. I ha- I draw it on my turn, and I need to discard a card to Collector Brutality right there so I can Thought Season kill a creature that they played. I'll discard it. But, like, yeah. almost always, it's better to cycle it because you gain value from cycling it more than because you can always discard the next card.
1: Collector Brutality is so good. So good. The card's so good. Yeah. yeah, it's one of my favorite cards.
0: Um, but in general, I like the decks that, if you look at the top of the metagame right now, it, it's just really weak to affinity. And I think that's one of the reasons it's doing so well, but I also just think, in general, that tech is always good, it's just right now the the decks that are also good don't have good answers to Affinity.
1: Yeah, so so continuing down this list real quick, you have in fifth place the Jeskai Control deck. This is the one that's playing like four Spell Queller main deck and the three Logic Knots. Okay, it's like we've seen this a couple times yep. recently. Um, the red green Ponza deck in sixth place is definitely exciting and a deck that a lot of people like. Do you
0: know what this deck is? It's the land destruction deck that has Arbor. It plays the your land yeah. taps for two mana and you can untap them with Arbor Elf. It Elves. plays the
1: Utopia Sprawl Arbor Elf thing. So yep. it's trying to play. Uh, it's trying to play Mulvani Acid Moss on turn two. That's the the ultimate goal. Is you play turn one Arbor Elf. Turn two Utopia sprawl, untap your land, play Acid Moss turn two, destroy their land, search out a forest. It's like sure. so sick because it ultimately means that if you do that, you can turn three Inferno Titan while they're down a land. <laughs> okay. It's like so bananas. That's so crazy. Yep. This deck like the, the turbo nature of this deck is crazy. Um so yeah, but it's playing, you know, three for four Stone Rain, four Blood Moon, four Acid Moss. Sure it's like just going all in on the strategy and just like a bunch of sweet mid-range cards you know yeah. like it's playing thrag tusk it's playing inferno titan um it's playing where is the list i think it's playing prime times as well right uh no no storm breath thrun yeah worm coil you know the the per- birds of paradise plays three bonfire two primal command this deck is so sweet so sweet. Two Chandra, Torch of Defiance. Like, I could see myself playing this deck. I almost just want to play it this weekend. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited about Ponza. Somebody on our group was like, considering playing Ponza this weekend, talk me out of it. I'm like, I'm not going to talk you out of
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk you into it.
1: Then you have Affinity, blue Eye Control, which is a very straight-laced blue Eye Control deck.
0: Control's doing actually really well recently. For how many times people complain about Control being, like, not good in modern, like, in general, Control is one of the best archetypes right now.
1: Yep. Uh, Counter's Company, which is just like the... That's like the... Uh, what's it called? The uh, Vizier of Remedies um, devoted druid combo. And... Just you know, collected company, quarter pawn. It's that deck. It's sweet. Uh, that came in in tenth place. Uh, you know, you have burn. You have lantern control. You have uh, two copy of elves in thirteenth and fourteenth. You have amulet titan in twelfth, which is cool to see. Uh, high high finish for amulet titan. Uh, we have, yeah. I mean, look, this deck plays for amulet of vigor and for Azusa. This is the amulet titan deck that is still a thing. You can still do this. Yeah, I don't. I don't think amulet titan. I, I think it's it's
0: much more of a dice roll deck than it used to be. Like and it used to be a totally a dice roll deck. Whereas like, do I win, how lucky did I get? Right. Um but it still has extremely powerful draws that like will just beat people. Totally.
1: Um, the other deck that we have coming in in 15th place is the Humans Collected Company deck, which is, this is definitely a sweet deck.
0: Is it playing Mayor of Aberbrook?
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> this deck's totally sweet. Yeah. This deck is like right up my alley, and I feel like I've tried to brew something similar to this before, but it's playing like Hierarchs and Mayors and Champion of the Parish. Um, the The card in here that stands out to me, aside from playing three of each Thalia, plays three of each Thalia. <laughs> you believe that? In the main deck. Both of them are really good. (laughs) Um, But it does play a copy of Anna Fenn's The Foremost in the main deck, which I actually think is one of the best cards in Modern right now. Because it eats graveyards, but also makes things bigger, and yeah, it's good. It's a 4-4 for three that automatically eats graveyards. It's as good as as Hollow
0: one. That's a (laughs) 4-4 for free.
1: Did you get the name right? yeah wow look at you
0: <laughs> I, I own some now so i can look at them and get it correct
1: um and then last but not least we have a deck that i feel like is right up your alley martyr reanimator in 16th yeah. place sweet um yeah bedlam revelers and Elish Norn, gristlebrand iona uh plays nahiri as a two of so it's got the like search out my fatties plan as well and then you know lingering souls tormenting voice what's and
0: the what, is it, what's the big gristlebrand iona elishnorn
1: bedlam reveler sweet yeah, and it plays uh, three unburial rights. Nice. So, yeah, it's a good deck. Seems cool. Cool. So, that's the top 16, guys. Uh, you know, a fun tournament. Definitely look at all that diversity. Just like sweet decks. Yeah. Like totally, totally, totally sweet decks.
0: So, I, w- I want to give a big shout out to, because this is the last thing we'll do, and then we're going to uh, sign off in this episode, uh, and to.
1: Big shout-out.
0: Hagenkirk, uh, and I'm very well maybe saying his name wrong, and I apologize, but he's been sending us uh, a little data snapshots for the last month of kind of what the modern metagame is looking like. Right. That we get to use, like, what he's doing of just top tables of major events, so SEG, GPs only, uh, or or some high-level uh, RPTQs, versus um, MTG Goldfish. We kind of get this spread of... Because MTG Goldfish takes a lot of the meta metagame in, into place, which is a little bit warped based on just, like... Laziness, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and together, you get this nice little snapshot of what paper looks like versus Moto, and that's kind of what we were talking about. And, and it's really interesting because he kind of breaks it down in tiers and what's doing the best right now. Um,
1: breaks down in tears. i he mean, that sad? Yeah, no, it's really yeah. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: <laughs> but uh, tier deck. So like his tier zero has Affinity Control and Grixis Death Shadow and Burn, um, which is really interesting because that's kind of a little bit different than what. Uh, mtg goldfish has but i want to get back to like the point like affinity is crazy good right now and good. like when we were talking about our uh ban watch list like mox opal keeps being very high for me um is it
1: does it kill the deck if you ban it does it actually a hundred percent kill the deck no it doesn't no no still deck, doable it's just like it just
0: t- takes away it's like dumb ver- dumb moments
1: what do you to to keep it explosive what do you do? do you replace it with spirit guide is that is that what happens i don't hate
0: that idea actually i I don't hate the idea of playing spirit Guide instead uh, i think i don't think it needs it like i I think it's obviously it makes it very very powerful and possibly too strong um and we will know if it's too strong by the end of the year and how resistant it becomes to people starting to focus on it and having won its third seg event or second um but i think that Playing a bunch of really good artifacts together, playing artifact tribal is always going to be good. And, yeah. and Mox Opal definitely helps, but Affinity was a good deck before Mox Opal, and I think Affinity will be a fine deck afterwards. Also,
1: like case in point, look what happened when they banned a card out of Death's Shadow aggro it became a different deck that became a better deck in the end. Sure. So it's like, who's to say that if they banned a card out of Affinity, some slightly slower, a little more mid-range version of Affinity wouldn't just become the better deck.
0: Right. I I think, like, all the decks that take advantage of Mox I think, would be fine. I think we have Affinity, which I think will recuperate. I think it doesn't have its insane nut draw anymore, but it still has a great draw when it comes to, like... The the it still has spring leaf drum, it still has other things it can do. Right. Uh and I think um Lantern Control doesn't lose a lot of its its strength. And now we'll see what they unban. I think affinity versus without Mox Opal versus a Stoneforge Mystic deck with it, or if Bloodbraid Elf comes back, it really hurts the deck. Because I think right now one of the its strengths is that red green X decks are not the height that they could be right and the ones that are are much more focused on cheating out a primeval titan and so they're not as easily able to focus on a heavy aggressive specific spear attack right um you know they have hate cards but affinity needs to win game one and then just needs to be resilient for game two uh so that that's i think where it's running into its strength right now so if a jun deck becomes good again um or a top tier deck then it gets hurt like that's like affinity has always been kept down kind of by the strength of Jund um and right now we're in a moment where Jund is not good
1: why do we think Jund isn't good right now I think it's
0: fine it's I just, just it's not it's not uh Grix's death shadow is just a better version of what it's doing I guess
1: it's just more efficient it, your, I mean
0: you have you have your Tarmogoyf is you have a uh, eight Tarmogoyfs instead of four
1: right Fair
0: and it's payoff cards of, like, Kalidus or... I think also part of it is just Bolt isn't as good as it used to be. Yeah, like, though,
1: though people are playing Bolt again. The The second place deck, the tribal one, was playing four Bolt. Yeah,
0: but that's... Good. that's Bolt is played when you're playing a burn... Yeah. You need a burn option. Um, And, you know, one of the reasons I think Infinity is doing so well is Bolt is so bad right now. Yeah. Like, because Bolt isn't good against Death Shadow, people are playing less Bolt. Which affinity does better against? Yep, um, and that's kind of where they're sitting at. They're, they're, the their biggest prey, which was like Snapcaster Mage and Bolt, just isn't seeing as much play as it used to. Yep, um, and yeah, so that's that's I think why they're doing so well. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I think that pretty much does it, right? Yeah,
0: uh, I guess uh, you know, make sure to follow us on Twitter at the MM Yeah, I am man. at Kess Wiley.
1: You can find me at Ben Bateman Media. Uh,
0: thanks to everyone who said hi to us. Uh, There's a bunch, and I. Don't have everyone's name, so thank you to everyone. Uh, big shout out to Hagen Kirk for for coming up with all this data. Um, I want to say thank you. Uh, you know, make sure to check out the Command Zone uh, on uh Company, which is the website you can find us too. Uh, and uh, thanks to Wizards for shouting out the Pro Tour.
1: And wish me luck, guys. I'm going to be playing uh, Superior Burning Coco. Yeah, next in two week's going to be Q's. a. This uh, weekend, I'm going to be able to actually give you guys some raw data, some tournament reports nice. from uh, how this deck performed. And, and I'm excited to take it into battle and see how it does. And uh, yeah, you know, wish me luck because it's going to be fun.
0: Sweet. Sick. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you Thank guys Thank
1: you Bye. for your attention. See you later. Alligator.